Hello and welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess. Today I have another amazing guest on. I have Sue Bowles. What's up, Sue? Hey, Jessica. And I'm so excited to have her on because I always talk about we all have our own story. We all have our own journey. Hence my business name, Journey to Yourself, right? And so we all have become who we are for a reason, right? And so um, I'm going to read some of her introduction because I feel she can relate to a lot of women out there who really went through life at such a young age and um, and how it could take a toll on you. But you say something amazing in here. So let me just do this really, not really quick, but let me give you an introduction. Sue Bowles is a survivor who turned into an author, speaker, and a master certified life coach. She has done all the hard work from healing of the childhood assault, eating disorder, and other sexual assaults, which then led to not once, but twice of a suicide attempt. Sue now defines the effect of the life altering events have on her. The events no longer define her. I want to say this one more time because when I read this, it gave me so much chills. I think all of us can just, yeah. The events no longer define Sue. She defines them. She defines them. You have that power, right? Mm -hmm. Sue leads my leads my step ahead, an organization committed to breaking the stigma around mental health struggles. I mean, how big is this? You only have to step ahead to help the person behind you. Is the bedrock to the value Sue brings. She helps stuck people get unstuck by discovering hope, journeying together for the next step ahead. Whether speaking on a podcast, AKA now, <laughs> a stage, so she loves a microphone, or just one-on-one. Sue's enthusiasm is contagious, shining the light with hope wherever the listener needs, cheering them on to see their dreams become past, uh, present reality. She also has a book, and I read the reviews on this book, and it's quite amazing, but her book is called This Much I Know, The Space Between. Sue, this is and I, I, again, I know I started with a bring people on here because we all have our story. We all have our things that made us who we are today. And the first word that describes you, you say survivor, and that's literally what you are, right? You have overcome so much, but I think there's so much in what you say too. just, you wrote your introduction, right? I'm reading it for as much as I can, but you chose the word survivor. I didn't call you that, right? So I think a lot of people that go through what you went through, they are told they're survivors, but for you to use that word on your own just shows the healing that you have overcome mm -hmm. and the healing part. Cause I don't, a lot of people don't call themselves a survivor that went through half of that, you know? And so that I just wanted to really point that out before we got into, because you are, so I commend you Thank for you. your healing process. Cause Thanks. for you to say it is huge. It, it took a long time to get to that point. Oh, and a lot of work and a whole lot of support, but it has, it has formed me to be who I am now and to do what I do now. And people need you. People need you. I mean, your organization, my step ahead, because it's only one step. It's one step at right. a time, right? Right. But what you focus on also is the mental health struggles, but the stigma mm -hmm. around it. Right. And I right. hate to be that person, especially nowadays, we need it. No, there's always needed this. There's no, we're just becoming, we're shining more light on it, but it's still not enough light. There's not enough right. light on mental health at all. No. So I wanted to ask you, 
Where do you feel we struggle the most right now when it comes to mental health stigma? That's a great question. And yes, all the athletes and the actors and the actresses and musicians, all, all the people who are in the big spotlight who are coming out and sharing their struggles certainly helps. For sure. It, what, what I say is that if there's one good thing that came from the pandemic, it is now that mental health is starting to become more of an everyday conversation. It's not there yet. No. But at least you have workplaces who are starting to talk about mental health and wanting to make sure that their employees are supported. Um, you know, you have so many, you know, so many things in schools. I think where we struggle most right now is still feeling like it's not quote unquote that bad. I might, I struggle and I'm having some, you know, having, I'm not really doing real well, but it's not as bad as a mental health issue. Wow. We, yeah. we, we, we draw that line ourselves. But here's the thing, anything that affects how your brain processes things, it could be stress, it could be an eating disorder, it could be depression, it could be trauma, it could be a relationship conflict, anything like that is, is a struggle. Now, yes, at there, you, know, you have DSM, Diagnostic Statistical Manual, that will tell you, you know, or at least tell providers, you know, this is classified as a recognized mental health struggle, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other struggles. And I think we still, you know, if, if you're having conflict with your spouse or your kids or a coworker and you are angry, you don't know why that that's a struggle. Yeah. Now, does that mean that, you know, that, that you are you know, homicidal? Probably not. But there is something going on underneath the anger that is causing it to come out that way. And therefore, those are struggles. Notice, I don't say mental illness. I say mental health struggles. Because anything that affects our relationships with others can be a mental health struggle, be it from the self-talk, because we we listen to ourselves and we're not always kind to ourselves. No. So it, when I say mental health struggles, I'm not always just talking mental illness. I am talking the everyday stuff when you're having, say, for example, you're constantly having conflict and then suddenly something in your brain says, it's all my fault. So therefore I'm no good. I'm the screw up. I'm the one. And, and you suddenly let yourself get beat up simply because it was a misunderstanding. That's a mental health struggle. And I don't, I think we don't, I, I think we think mental illness when we think mental health and they are two very different things. Wow. I think that clarification needed to be said so much because I think you're absolutely right. Once someone thinks mental health, anxiety, depression, eating disorder, mm -hmm. they go to all of that. But I think you also touched on stuff too, where it says the mental health struggle, where that is day in, day out. And that's literally how we're viewing situations, how maybe it's past experience, maybe it's what you said, the self-talk, mm -hmm. there's so many things that go inside mm -hmm. with it. But I think the thing is, it's, I'm air quoting over here, it's normal. Arguing with my spouse is normal. Getting confused and being emotional is normal. And because it's common, but mm -hmm. so we just don't talk about it. It's like, oh, everyone right. else does it. And it's like, yes. But in the sense of being healthy and having a healthy relationship, whether it's one with yourself, which is where I think it starts, 
Start yeah. with yourself so then you can have that better relationship with your spouse, with your friends, mm -hmm. with your family. Mm -hmm. It starts with you, but it starts with that self-talk you're really talking about right. too. Right. And, and yes, everyone has struggles. No one is perfect. Superman and Superwoman are fictional characters. <laughs> so, so, you know, so we all have it, yes. But the defining moment in each person, in each situation is how do I respond to it? Not react. React and respond are very different. React is more an emotional. Respond is more, I don't want to say analytical, but it is more purposeful and seeing the next steps down and not just I'm hacked off and I just need to blow steam. That's a reaction right. as compared to we got an issue here. Let's just take our time. Everybody go to your separate corners and let's come back in six hours. And if we're ready, let's try to talk about this. That's a response. Right. So even though something is common, it doesn't mean it's normal. How we respond to it and how we handle it and how we handle it is based on a lot of the life skills that we have, the confidence that we have, again, the self-talk, the environment we're in, and it's also affected by the environment we come from. Yeah. If you come from a situation where unfortunately there was abuse, then you are most likely going to have more struggle standing up for yourself and drawing boundaries because you have been through a trauma. And unless that trauma is dealt with and you can really get to the root and rewire your brain because trauma rewires your brain. Right. And unless you can work it through and, and remap your brain to the healthy processes, that history, even though it may not be your current situation, affects your current situation now. Wow. It's sorry. You just said so much there. All good stuff. Sorry. I'm literally just sitting here just nodding going, yes, tell me more. Keep going. Keep going. Because everything you're saying is right there, you know. And as a stress manager, obviously, I, you know, I, I'm 100% back with there's reaction, the response and things like that. But, and, but you also said too, that trauma, when that trauma happens, we're rewired. We then create this new boundary. We then we create this new defense mechanism. We then create, right, these things happen. And I don't think we really take that time to realize that or to comprehend that, to process that. You know, we just keep going on with life because again, we keep talking about it's normal and we don't think some things are trauma because either we don't look at it in trauma or we think mm -hmm. someone else had it worse, or mm -hmm. again, we just go put it in the normal category, you know? And, and let me say, if, if you, if up to this point in time in your life, you are unable to identify a trauma, God bless you, first of all, and I, I'm thrilled for you. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I will help you identify one. Yeah. COVID has been a global trauma. We have been through a community, as a community, as a worldwide community, we have been through a trauma yeah. because we have been told where we can go, and where we can't go. And I'm not getting political. I'm certainly talking about the things that happened. Okay. We lived in fear, especially before, when it first came out, we lived in fear. We allowed that fear to influence how we behaved, how we interacted. And I'm not saying it wasn't necessary. Again, I'm, I'm not getting into any of that stuff. What, what I'm saying is that as a result of the things that we collectively went through, we ended up with higher social anxiety, 
lower skills of interpersonal relationships and interpersonal communication. They even talk in the schools how, so, how socio-emotional development with the kids has taken a few steps back because of the virtual learning. How many people were stranded overseas when everything got shut down? Then you have that isolation and that separation. So like I said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but all of us have been through a trauma now. And, and do not fool yourself to think that, oh, I came out unscathed. When you dig into it, you didn't. Right. No, you're right. I mean, it's just something so simple to look at it is that it was change. It was a change that we had no control over. <laughs> right. Okay. And that loss of control, it adds to everything. Because what do we want? We everyone wants to be in control. Everyone wants to be, you know, wants to be the one calling the shot for their lives. Yeah. You know, if you go to I go to church, I'm a Christian. You know, our church was shut down for months. Now, you know, we you know, we did the online thing and all that stuff like everybody else. But again, that interpersonal connection, it, you know, just like watching a movie on television. You know, it's just, it's just not the same. Wow. So, you know, so, so I, I say all that to say that, um, I say all that to say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I say all that to say we have all been through stuff. And we, I hope we don't deny the effects they have has had on us. We may not fully understand the depth of the effect right now, but we can't deny that it has affected us. Being aware of the depth of it versus denying the existence of it are two very different things. <clears throat> wow, I love that you said that because I think a lot of us who whether using as COVID or have that childhood past or went through trauma, I think a lot of times we go through that denial stage of, oh, yeah. oh I have nothing, I'm not bothered by it. That divorce, oh, it was fine. The baby, no big deal. You know, we just go, oh, well, everybody else, again, going, normalizing it. It's normal. It's no big deal. But we forget that that's trauma. That's pain. Mm -hmm. That's hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, we are now going to de develop things because of that. We're going to have different reactions to things because right. of that. We're going to have different right. pain communications because of that. And we don't mm -hmm. really, especially in the beginning, I think we put so much denial on it going, oh, I'm fine. Because we think we're stronger that way going, I'm not hurt by this pain, you know, but it goes. And that's why I commended you right from the beginning of you acknowledging the survivor, you acknowledging, I went through some stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like uh -huh. really, but that's the strength. That's, that's what that is. That's called healing us pushing it down and saying, I'm not affected by it. It didn't bother me. I don't have trauma because of it. I'm not calling you weak, but you're not healing. You're not healing. Uh, my eating disorder came because of my denial, you know, being suicide. And I, I, I did not attempt suicide. I've been, I've, I've had suicidal thoughts and come clean, come wanting to die, but did not take that step. Oh, sorry. Okay. I, I didn't spoke earlier. I'm sorry. No, not a problem. So, um, but you know, all of my denial over different things got me to that point. There is a book called the body keeps the score. It is a scary book to read because you don't realize how much your body is holding onto all the things that you internalize and it will come out in some way. <clears throat> Mine came out through an eating disorder. Other things come out through other addictions, anger, abuse, you know, totally shutting down any number of things. The bottom line is that 
if we deny life and the effect it has on us, we are lying to ourselves, we are wearing a mask, and we are trying to make other people and ourselves believe we're someone that we're not. I think we're scared of ourselves half the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're scared of actually. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're totally scared of ourselves, but we're also really scared of feeling the pain. Mm -hmm. Really afraid that once we accepted and I don't really like the word accept, but start to feel or process it, that pain, that acknowledgement of it, that's what we really run from too. Or just even failure. Sometimes we look at certain traumas as failure and it's mm -hmm. like, no, that's not what that was. Things were done to you and that's not right. always your fault. Right. Exactly. When I was doing all of my heart healing and it is hard work. That's why I call it hard work of healing. It is not for the faint of heart. And I will tell you now, it is not a solo shot. You can ask any drug addict or alcoholic how, how, how self-sponsorship goes for you. And they will look at you and say, it doesn't. Nope. Um, you, you cannot do it alone. And it wasn't until I, I finally, I, I got thought, I, I cannot live this way anymore. I'm either going this way or that way. And that way is not where I want to go. I don't even want to, because it was just way too dark. Um, but, you know, when, here's that moment of, what was I going to say? You <laughs> said <laughs> I don't have them, it's all your fault. <laughs> it's going to open up the door for opportunity for you. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, what was I going to say? I don't remember anymore. Okay, well, yeah, you can just kill this whole segment. <laughs> great. This is great. You just made my day. Um, so, Sue, I would love for you to tell us about your book. I think people really know, need to know about it because I think, like I said, I read the reviews and it's now in my saves <laughs> yeah, because I think it's something that people need to know. So let me tell you, re reiterate the name again, mm -hmm. this much. I know the space between, can you tell me who this book is for? This book is for anyone who has had life hurts and feels like they don't belong, Ooh. who is on the verge of giving up hope, who feels that they don't matter. It is for anyone who is grasping for one last shred of hope before they just decide that they don't matter anymore. That's who this book is for. Wow. I just, I know that's going to hit home for a lot of people because I think a lot of people have either gone through that feeling or are going through that feeling. That's, that's a hard on feeling right there for sure. So can you explain to us what your mission is? My mission is to be a voice of hope. I, I, I am a voice of hope and it takes a number of different ways because without hope, nothing, nothing happens. If, if we don't hope, even a, a glimmer of hope that we may not even be able to recognize, but if we don't even have a glimmer of hope somewhere, we don't reach out for help. We don't ask the question, we don't risk a relationship and maybe, you know, risk either being in a relationship when we've been burned before, or maybe 
risk the relationship, put it on the line because you love the person so much, but you're not willing to put up the behavior anymore. If there is, if there isn't some shroud of hope, we don't do anything and we stay in the status quo. And then we kick ourselves because we're like, I can't get, I don't like this. I can't get out, but I don't know how to get out. So I'm a voice of hope for all of that because I understand and, and while I have not been in, in anyone's particular situation, I have gone through a lot that has allowed me to relate to many different situations so that I can help find that hope. And then we fan it in the flame. I love that because I think, you know, the voice of hope right there is so important because like we said in the beginning and throughout this conversation is that self-talk, and if you heard any of my episodes, self-talk the way we talk to ourselves is horrific mm -hmm. and so finding that voice of hope if you can't find it through through yourself which is easier said than done having somebody like you in their life going okay well i got you i'll give yeah. you that right and especially like i said in the beginning you have gone through some some stuff girl <laughs> you are a true survivor and so i think as horrible and sad as that boost can be i think some it is that hope for a lot of others because you're somebody that they can say, okay, you, you've been through it. You know, the pain without mm -hmm. them trying to explain it to someone that's never been to it. And not that you, you have to find someone that's gone through it. I'm not saying that. Right. Right. But sometimes it's <clears throat> not sometimes the conversation's different mm -hmm. when you have it with somebody that had a, a taste of what you went through and just goes, okay someone hears me for what I'm saying. Right. I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm a national certified life coach. I love working with my clients and watching, you know, and I've said earlier, social anxiety is a really big thing right now and, and has been, but, but I, I love, I have, I have a client that when I first started working with them, excuse me, was just very, very fearful of not even fear insecure, not knowing and that lack of confidence of, well, I don't even know what to say if I call this person for coffee and I don't want to sit there and just be in quiet, you know, and, and we worked through all that and we found that glimmer of hope. What is something you're comfortable in and what are you willing to do? And then they, they, they decide they were going to do it. And then they came back the next week and all smiles. It was actually pretty good. I think I want to do this again. Now this person <laughs> wants to be a leader in the church. <gasps> yeah. So, <Wow. coughs> And be, all because of hope, because being that cheerleader for them. The other thing, in, in, in addition to the life coaching, I love when I speak, you know, podcast, yes, but in person is, is even better because you have that chance to talk to people afterwards. And when someone, I speak at a local high school in their health class, and some one of the students came up to me last time and said, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And, I, and I, I guess I need to, I've got this friend I'm concerned about. And I'm really trying to help. And I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. What should I do? Oh. I'm like, those, that, that just, oh. that just, man, that just really charges my battery. I'm like, this is what it's about. This is what it's about is I didn't know anything the student was doing or what they were concerned about, but simply being able to one, share some information through sharing my story, give him the courage. And it was a male and, and eating yeah. disorders in men, you know, I'm not saying he had the eating disorder, he was concerned for someone else, but 
for him to come up to me in front of the health class, you know, while they're finishing up and kind of doing their, their, their books or whatever, and just quietly, privately ask the question, that really energized me. Not because it's an egotistical thing. It's not that at all, but because it lets me know that what I'm sharing is meeting real life needs now. And that is what it's about. So that I can, again, be that voice of hope for somebody. Oh, sorry. It's just beautiful. Um, <laughs> but that, I feel like that opens the next question though. So someone's listening and they need that voice of hope. And they're like, Sue, I need you to A, speak for my people or B, I need your one-on-one coaching. What is the best way for them to contact you? Best place is through my website, which is suebowls.com. And she'll have it in the show notes, B-O-W-L-E-S. There's a form on there. If you want coaching, you want to connect with me about speaking, uh, that is the best way to get a hold of me. I'll get that email, be back in touch with you within 24 hours. If it's a virtual, if it's in person, in person is finally starting to open up. Thank you, Lord. Um, you know, whatever it is, it'd be a retreat, staff training, a conference, um, convention, anything like that. Whatever I can do to help you and help you meet your meet not only your needs, but the needs of the people you serve. That's what I'm here for. That's what I mean when I want to be a voice of hope. Oh, seriously, so beautiful. So before I let you go, I know yes. you're super busy out there. I want to do my lightning round. Are you ready? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Okay. Here we go. What makes you laugh the most? Holy smokes. Uh, what makes me laugh the most? Listening to tapes of my mom being silly. Mom passed away 16 months ago in October 2020. I was her caregiver. And we have some tapes and some videos of just being silly. And, and, those, and those are those, I can listen to them now without fully crying anymore. It took a while for a while I could handle that. Uh, but but those, those, those make me smile. Those make me smile. Like, yeah, we had some fun. We just, no matter what, and she even talks about, we went through it. She went through it. We managed to have fun. We, we just, we just, we just celebrated it. So. So I always say the worst part about this podcast is they can't see someone's like genuine smile. <laughs> and not that you have not been smiling this whole time. You have, you've been super, like you were saying in the beginning, enthusiastic, all of that. But the smile that just came on your face, you could just tell like, all right, mom was there. Mom's here. That's so I got cool. a picture of her on the wall I'm looking at. She's like staring at me laughing right now. So <laughs> and it's big old white floppy hat. It's wonderful. <laughs> hey, she was in college. She was in, in, in college and she got better grades than I did. So I called her hot shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You can tell you had a good relationship. Okay. Next question. Yes. What would you sing on karaoke night? Oh, wow. Um, I would probably sing a song that a lot of people don't know. It's called Sometimes by Step by Rich Mullins. He's a Christian musician, passed away in 1997, because that is my favorite song. That was actually mom's favorite song as well. Um, and, and just the whole lyric talks about, you know, step by step. And, and, and that, that and the teaching at church played into my business name, my step ahead. So I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you, I'm glad you said it. Okay. Last one. Yes. If you could hire someone to help you with 
what would it be? Cleaning, cooking, yard work, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, probably cooking, only because since I'm in recovery from an eating disorder, I still struggle with, um, you know, getting cooking more than something really basic. And, and, and that's still frustrating for me. Um, so, so probably cooking, as long as nothing extravagant, but you know, something besides, you know, chicken and rice, tuna, no casserole, smoked sausage and cheeseburgers, you know, so <laughs> those are four of my signature dishes now. <laughs> I love that. Hey, that might be my next question. Not that they steal that. <laughs> what is your signature dish? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time out and, you know, just letting us on, bringing some hope, you know, I, I know you brought some, you know, without Good. touching on what you do. So really appreciate what you do and what you stand for. Well, thank you, Jessica. This was fun. Thanks for 